Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Take me out of a car 
and put me into the train. I don't want to take the train. Well, this one. You know what? This is why you need to grab on to the Lord. Because I'm telling you, the stuff that you know, we're being told, you know, someone also said yesterday, there's suspects of the things that, you know, the people are telling us. That New York City is telling us. They're telling us any old thing. See? You know, listen, these are New Yorkers, 100% born and bred New Yorkers that are talking right now. So I'm not surprised of the learning as well. The New York legislation, uh, they try to do a little something else, and they're trying to save the brokers, see, from the tenants. And the brokers' fair act would hopefully take the uh, broker's fee out of the tenant's pocket and put it into the landlord's pocket. Yeah. Do you know they say that New York City, as well as San Francisco, are the only two states, or cities, I should say, that uh, are actually charging accordingly. And we have the worst, the worst situation of all. So, you know, hopefully they will get what they need if they can get 16 more people to pass this bill. Yeah, that's only 16 more people. Well, in Atlanta, Operation Heat Wave, uh, which, which involved guns and gangs and curfews for children under 16 years old, is working. They're actually going to implement it in their second summer. And I remember Vivian telling us about this Operation Heat Wave from last year. And it actually was. Yes, they say that by 20% in a couple of areas of crime, that it's, it's decreased. Yeah, so, you know, just keep it up. They say that, you know, $1,000 fine is what they're charging the parents when the child breaks that curfew. And they're actually thinking about implementing a, um, a, a what do you call that thing? A fine, a citation on the first go-round. And then afterwards, they'll start, you know, monetarily charging the parent as well as a possible 90-day um, stint behind bars. Now, my personal opinion, as well as the other decon ladies, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. One of the reasons why there's a decrease in those areas is because of the $1,000 fine. You know, parents are not going to want to pay that $1,000 fine. And, you know, I agree with one of the decon ladies who said, hey, if we, you know, just go to implementing citations, people kind of brush those things off. So you don't want to, you know, shift something that's actually working and now you're going to see an increase because, you know, if you start allowing them to 
stay out without any monetary um, fine, then you better believe that you could go back to someone getting hurt on that first go out. Yeah. Because what are you going to do after if somebody is out there and they kill someone, you're going to find the parents? No. So, listen, keep it up, keep it up, and keep it up. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Jimmy had two wild stories yesterday. And she talked about Clarissa Hood and her son and the you know, altercation that Clarissa found herself in. She picks up the phone. She calls her 14-year-old son to come and do some damage. Yeah. Not only did he shoot the person that, you know, was in the altercation with his mother, but when he didn't shoot, he killed. Mom insisted that he did. Yeah. And then wanted him to turn the gun on the individual who was standing there laughing while the altercation was going on. Oh, my goodness. You know, they're now both locked up and being charged with murder and attempted murder. And, you know, mom, y'all got to get this together. You really got to get this together. You cannot have your children doing your day's work. Well, we had our faith overseas segment with our pastor, Charlotte, and she actually brought up something kind of interesting where, you know, her faith overseas says, you know, we should consider that mom didn't know how to be a mom. So, um, you know, Pastor Sean says she's not, you know, uh, like taken up for her in that essence of, you know, kind of, you know, leniency, I suppose, but, you know, she says we have to really consider, you know, that, you know, she did not know how to be a mom, and, you know, that's what we should be thinking about, and yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I think she should still do some heavy, heavy, heavy time. Yeah, you know, we can't, you know, put what we don't know, what we desire, what we don't get a chance to do on our children, especially something that would and could potentially ruin the rest of their life. You know, this 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 situation, this particular story was extremely, um, you know, disturbing. And, you know, it, it's something that we do, you know, have to consider. And, you know, we do have to pray for that, you know. Um, hopefully, my, my biggest prayer is that this young man gets the help that he needs going forward so that he could have a better life here on earth, you know, because this, this could really destroy him. You know, let's have, let's have destroyed people. So this is something that, you know, he may not be able to completely turn himself around. He literally took someone's life. And that is like no joke. You know, so prayerfully, 
carefully, carefully, he will get the attention he needs. And prayers for mom as well, that, you know, she does, uh, you know, some serious thinking. And, you know, someone ministers to her, and she gives her life to Christ. And she asks for forgiveness. She probably will never be able to really talk to him again. You know, they don't really let, you know, people talk or communicate. So, you know, the last time you would possibly see your son is when y'all got arrested together. Because you weren't in the same cell. You know what I'm saying? When you got arrested, they're not going to put... First of all, he's a male and she's a female. So you don't get locked up together anyway. You know, but he's also a child and, you know, a minor and she's an adult. So can you imagine if that kind of holds true where she does not get an opportunity to ever see him again? The last memory of his mother is actually going to be this incident here. That's scary. That is really, really scary. So we really need to keep this situation, you know, lifted before the Lord. Because this, this here, this this is really scary. Wow. Today it's Therapeutic Thursday. And again, we talk about our health, our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever health comes up for the due time conversation on Thursday. And I got some stories, y'all. I I mean, the the news was lit last night. And also thanks to our listeners submitted news stories. Boy, it is packed. But you know how we do on Thursdays. We get our, uh, what do you call that? Uh, health tip. Ah. And uh, you need to get your pen and paper because I got some interesting stuff. I had a conversation with someone last night, and I got to doing a little digging. And I think that you might find this is pretty interesting. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's the time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go nowhere because we will be right back. Hey everyone, we're back with another Safety Minute update. June is National Safety Month. The National Safety Council recognizes this month to raise awareness on what it takes to be safe for life. By doing this, the NSC hopes to reduce injuries in the workplace, on the road, and at home. Each week in June is a different safety topic. Week 1. Stand ready to respond. Focus on CPR and AED training. Something can happen in seconds. Be sure you are prepared. Week 2. Be healthy. Keep your prescriptions away from others and properly dispose of unused medications. Week 3. Watch out for dangers. Fall hazards are all around you. Always keep an eye out and be sure to use proper fall protection. Week 4. Share roads safely. Stay distraction-free and keep your eyes on the road. Head over to our website at www.set.us.com to see more information about these topics. And while you're there, take the pledge to be safe at work. 
SET took the pledge. Will you? Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. Today we discuss our health, giving God thanks for good health, and us making it into this end of the week. It's almost over. Can you believe it? This week has literally flown by, and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. We're almost at the end of this. Oh, we're almost at the end of June. Now that means that as of tomorrow, that's the last day of June, and we will be in the second half of the year. Wow! Already. Already, wow, get those pans out. I was talking to someone last night, and we were talking about sugar levels, our glucose levels, and about, you know, the foods that we should eat and shouldn't eat. And, you know, he said he was afraid to put pretty much anything in his mouth because his sugar level was shooting up. And, you know, I had to advise him, you know, of some of the things that he was doing wrong. I had to give him those sugar level numbers that we need to focus on. And I came across a an article, and it talked about the superfoods that boost your metabolism. Now... I remember touching on this before, but it also kind of goes with your sugar level, your glucose level, because all of this works in tandem. You know, it helps to also bring down your sugar level, these particular foods. So I thought it was an interesting um, article. And they're saying that these particular foods are called superfoods for a reason. They pack maximum nutrients and minimal calories, making them the ultimate metabolism-boosting foods. And they say these particular foods show that they are rich in antioxidants, and flavonoids and present heart disease, cancer, it decreases inflammation, it improves your body's immunity level, 
And again, it helps to bring down your glucose levels. They say that these particular foods have a high content of supportive antioxidants, proteins, omegas, minerals, fiber, and other essential nutrients that are nurturing to your body. They say one serving size of a superfood will give you more nutrients than you would ever get from one serving of other foods. And this is their superpower, major nutrients in a small package. So that's why they call them superfoods, okay? Again, the major nutrients in a small package. The first thing to hit this list, pineapple. I just got finished talking to someone the other day, and I was telling them that I was staying away from pineapple because pineapple was high in sugar content. But now, I'm looking here, and they're saying that pineapple is high in manganese, which is an antioxidant-rich trace mineral that creates strong bones and increases collagen production. They say it also contains vitamin C, thiamine, which is B1, which is a crucial healthy cell function and healthy metabolism. They say, but the most important health benefit of a pineapple is its digestive enzyme known as bromelain. They say this particular enzyme breaks down protein molecules and has been determined to aid digestion and decrease inflammation. Healthy digestion is key to increasing metabolism. Wow. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I love pineapples in my house. We're full of pineapples in here because every smoothie that I make actually contains pineapples. And I have to tell y'all, the inflammation thing, when I was drinking the smoothie, my, my morning, it wasn't a smoothie. I forgot what they called it. I'm going to think of it by the time we finish. A lot of my ache, not everything, because when you have five miles, you ache, man, you ache. But it, it did bring down a lot of the inflammation, which caused me not to ache as much. So I stopped using it, but I think I'm going to go back. I think I'm going to go back. Another superfood is, let me see. Guess what, y'all? We just got finished talking about this food the other day. Chilies, jalapenos, cayenne, and other hot peppers. Remember we talked about this last week? Yes. They say cayenne peppers are a highly concentrated source of capsaicin, which increases the body's fat-burning rate. Another weight loss benefit of cayenne peppers is that they reduce your appetite and unhealthy cravings. Now they say these spicy peppers are superfoods for many reasons. Firstly, 
they are rich in vitamin C, which help metabolism, I'm sorry, metabolize fat, and it's also a precursor for carnitine, a molecule that boosts metabolism. They say these peppers also contain capsaicin, capsaicin, which gives them their heat. The heat found in peppers can temporarily increase your heart rate and cause you to sweat, which as a result burns more calories and boosts your metabolism. Wow. And thankfully, the calorie-burning effects may last beyond your meal, so you can keep burning calories even after you leave the restaurant. All righty. Berries, another thing that stays on our list. Berries are a powerful, healthy, boosting superfood. They're rich in metabolism. I'm sorry, excuse me. They're rich in metabolism, boosting fiber, as well as free radical fighting antioxidants like vitamin C. They say, which can beautify your skin and fight signs of aging. All righty. Matcha green tea. Now, some, I, had, I, I don't think, I, I had vaguely heard of matcha. Or matcha. I should say matcha. Matcha. And someone gave it to me as a gift. And I began to use it in my smoothies. And it actually doesn't have a bad taste. No, not at all. They say matcha green tea is a superfood that's M-A, but I'm saying this right. They say green tea is a superfood. Are y'all ready for this? It is packed with 137 times the antioxidants of ordinary green tea. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute because I'm telling you, Stephanie is running. Running. <laughs> Thank you for my thumbs up. I love my, my, my peanut gallery. Matcha, matcha. 137 times the antioxidants of ordinary green tea. They say matcha provides an abundance of antioxidant polyphenols called, so why they keep throwing these words in there? Catechins, C-A-T-E-C-H-I-N-S, most notably E-G-C-G, and they say that E-G-C-G increases thermogenesis, thermogenesis in the body, the process of burning calories in order to create heat. They say an increase in thermogenesis boosts metabolism, speeding up the rate at which the body burns off fat. They say EGCG defends against the free radical damage that ages your body's cells. 
They say by preventing oxidative stress and inflammation, you get powerful protection against disease and visible signs of aging. Green tea in the form of matcha is an incredible superfood, an energy boost. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, let me spell this again. M-A-T-C-H-A. Now, y'all know I told you I drink green tea in all my smoothies. I do not do plain water. I drink water absolutely all day. But I'm telling you, I'm about to trade in that regular tea bag for matcha. Okay? Let me see what else is on this list. I'm seeing, like, a whole bunch of stuff that I can't even, I've never even heard so I'm going to give you all the things that you've heard of, I've heard of, that you can go and get at your local grocer. And they're saying cruciferous vegetables. Now, let me tell you what they are calling, and they consider cruciferous vegetables. Those are your Brussels sprouts, your broccoli, your kale your cauliflower, your bok choy, and cabbage. Let me read it to you again. Brussels sprouts, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, bok choy, and cabbage. They say that these particular vegetables are very high in fiber, which can absorb Excess fat and calories and promote elimination. These vegetables also contain iron and calcium, and both minerals are essential for a healthy working metabolism. Okay. Now, flax seeds and chia seeds, another thing that I keep. In my smoothies are the flax seeds and the chia seeds. Okay. They say not only do these superfoods contain fat-burning protein, but they are also rich in omega-3 fatty acids. And these healthy fats have been shown to raise our fat-burning enzymes and promote a greater weight loss. All right. Guess what else is on this list? Beans and legumes. Another thing that stays on our list. No matter what list come up, beans and legumes, the chin, flax seeds, well, superfoods. Yes. They say beans, legumes, like lentils are amazing for boosting metabolism. They are very rich in plant-based protein and iron both essential for maintaining a healthy metabolism. They say additionally, beans and legumes are rich sources of resistant starch. And this starch is harder for the body to break down, meaning that it helps keep us fuller longer, can lower our blood sugar response, and encourage our body to burn more calories to break it down. The high fiber content can also help reduce fat storage in the body, 
and improve elimination, which is very helpful for enhancing a positive metabolic system. All right? Now, I'm going to give you a little bonus today. They are giving a matcha berry smoothie. And we're going to try this today. I'm going to try this today. Okay? Ready? Because I actually have all of these in my house. One and a half cups of frozen berries. Oh, I'm sorry. Frozen blueberries, that is. All right? One and a half cups of frozen blueberries. One and a half cups of water or non-dairy milk. One teaspoon of matcha green tea powder. A few dashes of ginger. I should cut up a small piece of live fresh whole ginger. And you can add agave, stevia, 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 I've heard it pronounced both ways, or a couple of dates to sweeten. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm looking at some pineapples in this bad boy. But that might be another, you know, another one. Now, I don't mess with any additional sweeteners. Because remember, I am a diabetic and any kind of fruit has sugar in it. And fruit has a high content of sugar, even even blueberries, even berries. They're the best berries. They say the blueberries are the best, but all berries and fruit have um, sugar in it, and I don't mess with it. And I don't have a problem with it. Some people add a drop of honey and, you know, things like that. I don't mess with it. I don't mess with it, and I don't mess with it. All righty? But try it. And let me know how you like it, because I'm going to try it today. Okay? All righty. Well, I got some news, y'all. I got some news. Now, we're going to talk about this stuff here. So they have this situation that occurred in upstate New York, not too far from Albany, where this 26-year-old father, you know he's not American, and I'm going to tell you why. His name is Patrick Profright. And he and his wife got into an argument, and he fired a crossbow. He fired a crossbow at her while she was holding their three-week-old daughter. This is why I say he ain't American. We ain't picking up no crossbow. Daddy, we ain't picking up no archery. Now, you know he is sick because when you, let me tell you something, someone who has studied archery, 
they have a they have an eye for precision. He picks up the crossbow. He fires it at the wife while she's holding the infant. He knew it would kill the both of them. He hit the infant in her upper torso, or in its, I don't know if it's a boy or girl, in its upper torso. It exits near the baby's armpit, and it strikes the mother in the chest. He knew exactly what he was doing. Now, he removed the arrow and then attempted to stop the wife from calling 911. So you know what he was doing. He knows he knew what he was doing. And then he fled the scene. Well, later on, you know, they ended up catching him when his car ended up um, stalling in like a mud pile. And he's been arrested and charged with second-degree murder and attempted murder. And, you know... Come on, come on. I don't understand. Remember, we've talked about this here where you hate the, the parent so much that you don't even care about what you do with the children or endangering the children. Oh, yeah. He going to jail. He going down. And I don't care nothing about it. He deserves it. Now, this is other stories. Now, they've been having this issue out in Texas about their dogs. And there seems to be some increase in dog attacks in packs. So packs of dogs have been attacking people. And I'm going to start from this side of the um, story where there's this legislation that they have been fighting against out in Texas called this um, Ramon Nahira uh, law. And this particular incident, because you know they always name it after the person, they say that the Texas House and Senate approved that, at least that measure, whatever they're practicing now after the Ramon Nahira incident. They say, but an increase of this legislation, they've been vetoing. They fought, they fought this Governor Abbott fought this additional um, mandate, he vetoed it because he said that, you know, the law already existed. You know, they had this criminal law that already existed and it should provide a sufficient amount of penalty for people who have something to do with these dangerous dogs. They say that he also emphasized that felony arrests had already been made in cases where the owners were responsible for these attacks. Now, this, this particular legislation says that if 
there's a pack of dogs that kill or hurt anyone that they would um, arrest the owners and hold them accountable for whatever damage is done. So again, it's been happening and they have um, tried to get this passed, but he's been vetoing it. Well, I don't think it's going to go well for him because they just had another incident out in Texas where they received the sheriff's office, received a call and rushed out to a residence or residential area in response to a man screaming for help. And when they got there, they were, these dogs were attacking the man. And they said that it was horrific. That they had literally, by the time they got there, they had ripped this man apart. And in order to get them off of the man, one of the officers shot one of the, and hit one of the dogs. So they all ended up running off, including the one that was, you know, hurt. And they, the man was 40 years old. Um, they tried to, you know, help him. But he died, you know, from all the wounds and the attack. And now you're saying that you already did what you were supposed to do? And you didn't need to increase any of the law. Well, clearly, it wasn't doing its justice. Well, thank God they did somehow find these dogs. They are in animal control um, and the agency for animal control, rather. And they're charging the 33-year-old owner for the attack. Now, they don't say whether this particular man, excuse me, you know, he told them to attack this particular gentleman, but no, they're holding him responsible. Now, I do, I haven't talked about it. I kind of stayed away for a minute. This, um, particular story and it's about you know the stand your ground incident between the woman and the you know the the older um, lady and the, the woman with the children and you know for I'm sure you've heard of it you know from you know by now you know where the woman the older woman white woman she was kind of harassing the children and who was playing, you know, near her house. And they said that she snatched one of their iPads and threw a roll skate at them. And, you know, there was some verbal exchange when the mom took her son to the door and the woman never opened up her door. And she shot through the door and she hit the woman in the chest and the woman died. 
and they were trying to go after murder, murder charge. And they said that she's not going to go down for murder, but they are hitting this 58-year-old woman with a manslaughter charge and assault charges. Now, I wanted to, this this here was real interesting. And I definitely wanted to talk to my due time crew about because they said that uh, the state attorney claims that he didn't go for the murder because it didn't qualify for or under a depraved mind element of a second degree murder. Now, here's how they define a depraved mind. They define a depraved mind when there's evidence of hatred, fight, ill will, or evil intent toward the victim at the time of killing. And he admits that as deplorable as her actions were, there's still no and insufficient and insufficient evidence to prove that this was a depraved mind. Now, I'm about tired, and I remember two of them said it yesterday. But I'm tired of this nasty stand your ground law. The sheriff's department, they say they don't care what anyone says, that this is outright murder. And no matter what kind of attorney she gets and how they spin it, it's an unjustified shooting. Now, I want to hear what you all have to say. You know how to get in touch with us. You can also call in 516-387-1358 and express, you know, what you are thinking. Let's talk to our girl, Tamika, and see what she has to say this morning. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. How are you? Well, happy Thursday to you, too. I am well, thank you. What about you? I am doing just well, thank you. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. All right. Now, Mr. Profright, who is 26 years old, who I said, Show ain't an American individual, or at least an American on our side of the fence. He's the one who picks up this crossbow and arrow and aims it at his wife, who is holding their three-week-old child, and he fires, hitting the baby in its upper torso, It goes through the armpit, and it strikes the mother in the chest. Now, I think this is definitely aiming to kill. 
What do you say? Oh, yeah, that was definitely calculated. And, you know, you, you are right. You know, anyone that does that, there's a, there's a certain type of skill. You, you, you know, there's a certain way of looking at things. Um, so it's calculated. You know, if you ask me, if you're doing it underneath the armpit, we're talking about a child. Nine times out of ten, the child will survive, you know. But you specifically, strategically aim that. And then later on, you'll be like, oh, well, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't. Yes, she did know, you know, and it was supposed to kill her. <laughs> the genius that you are, you, you didn't even, com- you know, complete the task, you know. And so um, then now, you know, they caught you, you know. So um, I'm very glad that, you know, she didn't die in the act. I'm grateful that, you know, she's still in the land of living you know, and can proceed her case because, you know, we know how sometimes situations don't always come out that way. So you calculated that. That was that was definitely your goal. Absolutely. You know, this is precision. When you are, a, you know, an archer, you got to have some real good eye for your target. So he, he meant to, to kill the and unfortunately he killed the infant, three weeks old, um, and like you said, I agree. I'm I'm so grateful she's living because now she can pursue this particular case. And they're not talking about it you know, post her life. It kind of makes me think of, you know, when you get in these relationships, we're often talking about red flags, you know. And, you know, now you're here. Let's just say, for instance, they slept together and she got pregnant and now you're in a relationship with her. You didn't want it. You didn't want the baby. You didn't, you know, because this is what that, that's making me think, you know, and now you're in this. And she says that one little thing, it, and it doesn't take much because you already got a mountain. And she put that one little needle on the haystack, and now you go off. You know, you're just going, oh, I, I'm going to end it all, you know. And then at that point, let's think mindset. Um, I'm going to get money for it, you know, because she died. You know, I'll say it's an accident. I, I, nine times out of ten, he thought of all of that stuff prior to shooting that crossbow, had it all together, and she left. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that it was an, not just an aim to murder the wife, but the, the baby as well. Because why, why else would you target her while she's holding the infant? I actually have to agree uh-huh. with you 100%. Um, and it, it's such a sad situation. Now, we've got this man in Texas who's mauled to death by a pack of dogs. And this is post the governor vetoing this extended legislation of this dog pack law. Now, I don't know, Tamika. My thought is, I think they need to bring him up on charges as well. Charge him with something. Might be a stretch, but I think they need to really, when things like this happen, I think they need to really hold these people accountable as well. What's your thoughts? I, I, you know, I, I get that, you know, you have animal lovers. That's one thing. But you're talking about animals mauling a person you know, um, taking them from what they were, you know, um, 
are you one of those people that, um, you know how in certain areas, certain remote areas, they're very, um, they don't talk very much about it, but, you know, they have dog fights and, you know, you train your dog to attack, you know. Um, it makes me wonder if, you know, you're part of that group, you know, and you don't want to say so. Of course, you're never going to put your, you know, your business in the street and, you know, that might be why. And sure, definitely, you know, since you seem to, seem, seem to think that this is so much fun, here's one of two things. Let's, let's get some dogs, you know, and put you in a room and see how you like it. Or, you know, <laughs> serve some time. One of the two. <laughs> Man, I tell you, really need to think about these things. You know, he figured that, you know, something was already done and they don't need anything else. Well, this doesn't stop these stupid people from um, doing this here. Uh, we talked about the stand your ground yesterday, and we've had this situation that's been ongoing for a few weeks now with this uh, Florida woman who shot this mom through the door. And she's not going to face man, uh, murder, but she will face manslaughter. What 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 do you think? Should she face manslaughter or should she face murder? Now, remember now, for all of you who are listening, all my due time, um, uh, uh, due time crew who's listening, they're saying that, this was not the state attorney said that it didn't fall under a depraved mind. And a depraved mind uh, is evidence of hatred, spite, ill will, or evil intent. And that's how they would um, go after a second degree murder um, charge. And as, as bad as it Excuse me, as bad as it was, it wasn't bad. What say you? That is the craziest thing that I have ever heard. I am, when I say I am so tired of hearing, you know, and excusing the behavior, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the animalistic thought of someone, you know, um, we're talking about the praise that that's immoral, you know, um, someone who has evil or wicked intentions, you shot this woman through the door, you know, so that's that mentality. I'm going to get you by any means necessary. And then you can, you, you, you walk. I just, I'm, I'm really not getting it. So anything can be done and you just, you know, uh, you know, I'm grateful that they're giving her manslaughter, but, you know, I think that in times like that, that's when you need to protest. That's when you need to march. That's when you need to say, uh-uh, no, this is not right, until something turns around. All righty, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. So happy to have you on. Let's see if your other Duke Tom crew members Agree. Let's talk to Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay today. Thank the Lord. Amen. Well, what do you say about this crossbow? That was used to murder the wife, but ended up murdering the infant. 
calculated? Do you think he was actually targeting to kill the baby or just the wife? I think actually he was trying to kill both. Um, He has been practicing because a lot of times they will, um, you know, they have it in a backyard or whatever, and they're always practicing, you know, to get it right in that eye. Um, it took me back to, I remember when I was a kid and we used to do that on, in camp. Um, we used to do those and, and shoot them across and see who gets the closest to the target. So it made me think of that, you know, he's been practicing this and, you know, and as he's been practicing it, he decided that this is a good way without any noise and nobody can hear him. So we thank the Lord that, you know, she's still here. But um, he had already had a made-up mind that that's what he was going to do. She was the, they were the target. All righty. Oh, we happen to agree with you, Pastor Charlotte. Happen to agree with you. What about this, this law where the governor felt that, hey, you know what, we've got this law already where we're making and holding people who are training these dogs to attack. We've already got this law in effect. We don't have to go any further. And, um, hey, I'm vetoing it. And now you turn around and another man is attacked by a pack of dogs and he dies. Can you imagine being mauled to death by dogs, what do you think should happen with the governor? I think first that the owner should be, and when you were saying that, I'll never forget, I can't even think how many years back. I know it had to be more than 20. And I was walking in the street, and two pet bulls saw a cat, and they jumped on this cat and ripped the cat in half right in front of me. Oh, my goodness. Mm. And the owner, all he did was, and it was one owner, and all he did was get his dogs when they ripped this cat in half. I was so stunned. Pet bulls. And I was so stunned, I couldn't even move. And they walked away like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. So, yes, it should be a law. And over here, a lot of the they walk their pet bulls with no leash. And wow. then they'll say, but he's a baby. But he's as big as me. But he's a baby. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think that it should be something um, really strong, especially when they have these gang dogs, you know, and um, I'm terrified of them because you never know if that could be that opportunity, you know what I mean, that they're going to attack you. So I think that the law should be really strong on the owners and these places where they do have these dog fights, uh-huh. you know. Um, and a lot of times it's outside. They do these dog mm-hmm. fights outside, like in the in the, I want to say the dog park area. Okay. You know, um, and I've seen a lot of that over here. Until they, till oh. the dogs bleed on each other. So it's the same thing wow. that they do. So they set them up, and how you know 
I, I had to ask my son because they put those big chains on their neck. Those are the ones that's right. in training. Right. Yes. 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 Like you said, very scary. And you know, for you to say that, oh, there's a, uh, there's already a law in place. You can see that this is not going to stop these people. All right. What about this Florida woman who's not mm-hmm. going to face murder charge? She's going to face manslaughter charge. Do you think it's appropriate because it does not um, signify a depraved mind? Oh, she fits that bill. Oh, she definitely fits that bill. And the, and the first thing that I thought about as you were saying it, I said, but now remember... She kills the mother in front of the son. So now the son comes back for revenge. But y'all will tear every bell there is, every law there is against this boy because he revenged back at her. her. Mm. Because y'all didn't do nothing. (laughs) Because y'all didn't do nothing. Wow. You know, because the child... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's an interesting thought. Because a lot of times when someone kills, right, in front of a in front of that child, okay, so now their mindset has changed. So now they can come after you, but it's always that person, that kid will get more than the person who killed their parent. I would say the parent because it was his mom. So it makes you think because now we, we started something because now he his mind ain't right. Absolutely. Something to think about, Pastor Charlotte. Definitely something to think about. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll be back to continue our conversation. Let's talk okay. to Brother Al. Brother Al, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, chop, chop of the morning. I said chop of the morning. How are you doing there, Pastor Seth? I am well, thank you. How are you, Brother Al? I'm in here doing backflip. School is out. No bad, noisy kids around. You know, I still have to come <laughs> in and take care of stuff. But it's nice and quiet. You know, it's nice and quiet. <laughs> Just how I like it. All right, now. All righty. Listen, you've got this man, this husband, husband, and he is upset with the wife. They're arguing, and he takes a crossbow and aims and fires at her, killing the baby that is in her arms. Now, would you say that he was actually targeting the two of them and not just one? Yeah, yeah. First of all, why are you pointing an arrow at her anyway and she got the baby? So you it ain't like you say, Okay, I'm gonna wait till she put the baby down. The baby is in her arm and you like, I don't care, I'm letting this arrow go, whoever hit it hit. So I would say yes, he was targeting both both of them. Yeah. Definitely so, definitely so. Archery is a definitely you know, is definitely a very precisioned uh game sport and you ain't making no mistake like that brother al i agree with you 100 percent. now what do you think about this this dog 
legislature, legislation where it says that the owners are going to be responsible when their pack of dogs attack someone. And now you have this governor who says, well, listen, you know, I don't need to expand the law because it's already in a law that exists. It needs to, it's, it's okay. And now you have a man who I believe he's 40 years old who was mauled to death. Should they now expand this and hold the governor somehow responsible? Absolutely. They, they should put him in there and let some dogs come around him and see how he reacts. And uh, <laughs> I've always been scared of dogs since I, since I was young. I remember... I remember being really young and walking down the street, my mother holding her hand, and I saw a great dame. And because I was so small, and those dogs are big anyway, that dog looked like a horse to me. It was so huge. And it was standing there, and I'm looking at this dog with just fear in my eyes, and a moped rolled by with a lot of noise, and the dog started barking at him. His voice was so deep, it scared me. And I ran into the street and almost got hit by a car. And ever since then, I ain't been too fond of dogs. I don't care how big they are. They can be little dogs. I still feel that little fear from time to time. So, you know, these people need to be held accountable. They do have a law that your dog's supposed to be on a leash, and there's still some people who don't do it. And it's just like what Pastor Charlotte said. You got people say, oh, he's just a baby. And my mother used to always say, he got teeth, don't he? Or they'd be like, he don't bite. And my mother said, he got teeth, don't he? So, yeah, right. you know, put him in there and let him see how it feels. Absolutely. They kill me with that. Oh, he, 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 don't, he don't bite. He just don't, he don't worry about it. I'm sorry. That's your dog. I don't say his relationship right. with me. I'm, I'm with you and, and Pastor Charlie. All righty. What about this woman who shoots through the door? Killed the mother with the son standing there. Now, you know, they've been passing. We talk about this all the time, Brother Al, how now you've got all these padded charges, reckless endangerment for a child, and or she should be um, facing a whole lot more charges. What other charges do you think she should be facing now that she shot through the door blindly? And I, I believe she, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he said she's getting charged for manslaughter. Right. Instead of murder, because they're saying murder would be associated with a depraved mind. And a depraved mind, they say, requires evidence of hatred, spite, ill will, or evil intent toward the victim. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because they come up with so much stupidness, you know, and that that should have been first degree murder because again, you you planned it. You saw the person, you know, oh, there it is. I'm gonna shoot her through the door. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't like you, you know, didn't have it planned. You planned I'm gonna shoot through this door and shoot this one. You know, and like I said, that is endangerment of a child because it's, you know her son was dead. You know. Um, these laws, and I'm telling you, a lot of times these laws work for the criminals. It's sad. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Brother Al. 
all for joining us today. I'm sure you're enjoying it nice and cool. And uh, we'll be back to continue our conversation. Let's say good morning to our girl, Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good. (laughs) All right. Crossbow, arrow. Where did you get one from? <laughs> I've been thinking, listening to everyone seems like, where did you, you should get crucified just for having one in your possession. Where did you get that from? And then to think to now use this on someone to harm them. What kind of movies to do you merch? watch? <laughs> to murder. You know, he's striving at the wife. Do you think he was attempting to kill the baby and the wife? Absolutely. There's no way you thought you were going to get one and not the other. No way. All righty. All righty. What about this mauling of this man and the fact that the governor had just vetoed a bill expanding this particular law. You know, what do you think should happen now? I don't understand why they, um, it's like they, nothing done until something crazy, a series of crazy things happen. Then they put these laws or these bills into effect. And then if things quiet down, then it's like, oh, well, we don't need this law or this bill anymore until something else happens. And it's like, this is why you put it into effect. You have the law about not driving drunk. So if for a whole year no one dies from a drunk driver or no one catches a DUI on record, that means that you now remove that law and now it's okay to drive drunk or drive under the influence. I don't, I don't understand what people... This is why you have these things in place to keep people on their toes. You take these things off, there's no repercussions, there's no consequences. How surprised are you really when things start happening again? Yeah, this is this is this is crazy. This is really crazy. But I want to definitely hear from you regarding the Florida woman who shoots through the door and she gets manslaughter. Is this, does the punishment fit the crime? You know my question. Absolutely, because isn't that lower than murder? That's lower than murder, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no. Like what, it's, like, it's like with the bow and arrow. Like, what? So what do you think her intentions were? To see if the bullet could really go through the door? It's <laughs> like, I don't understand what it is this between this thing and the whole state ground thing now it's like people can just do what they want people can mm. do so who is the law really who is the law really for so if someone shoots me through the door and then you know I live to tell the story I live to see what happened I now live and see this person 
only get manslaughter as if they just slapped me in the face? <laughs> well, here's the thing, you know, and, and, and this question has come up. Who is the law for? Well, clearly the law is for the perpetrator. Remember, it's mm-hmm. in your ground. So it's designed to protect the one who actually commits the crime, giving them an out and an excuse as to why they committed this crime because it's all it's supposed mm-hmm. to be based on defending yourself. Now, she claims the woman was banging on her door and, you know, this posed some threat to her on the inside of her house, and she was defending herself. So she shot through the door. Now they're saying that, you know, the son is now blaming himself. He's saying that if he had not told his mom about what the lady did, then his mother would not have gone through the, to the door and she would not have been murdered. So now you have this child who is experiencing trauma. Not only did he, his mother get shot right and killed right in front of him, but, you know, now he's blaming himself. So, you know, this, this, this law is designed to protect the one who commits the act. So, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, well, all the other stand-your-ground cases, they were exonerated from the jump. This one, we should be happy because she's getting manslaughter. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, everybody doesn't seem to agree. The door. I'm she sorry? wasn't coming through the door. Say she wasn't. Was she yeah. coming through the door? You know. You know what I'm saying. It's like, what, what, what were you defending? Yeah. She didn't kick the door down. You didn't see her finger come through the door. You didn't see anything. Anyone can come up and bang on a door, or knock on a door, or cuss through the door. So if she was cussing through the door. You would have been able to still shoot at her, and because you were defending yourself. That's why there's a door yeah. to keep the yeah. people on the opposite side. Of the door is hopefully, yeah. You know, this is this is to give the other side of the fence who are racist and accused, and that's what that's what it boils down. That's what it boils down. It's just to help the racist. That's that's what we're talking about here. All right. I came across an article. Thank you all for, you know, that. I say thank you all for, you know, uh, discussing the news with me. I came across an article that says that church should be teaching more about friendship than marriage. They should be teaching more about friendship than marriage. And they gave some reasons why. And they're saying one of the reasons they should be teaching more friendship than marriage is because not everybody is married. Would you agree, Pastor Charlotte? I'm on that state, yes. They should be able to teach about being friendship because one of the things is you need to be their friend before you marry them. 
and you should be able to care for someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. Brother Al, Brother Al, do you think that the church should teach more about friendship than marriage because not everybody's married? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that I think what the problem is, so many people, you know, they, they meet the person, they like the person, or people think, oh, y'all look like a good couple, and they rush into it not knowing nothing about each other and, 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 and not, you know, they're not getting to know each other, you know, and that's where the, the, the problem is. And it's so funny that we talk about that because me and Tamika went through that. Oh, my God, people, y'all ain't married yet? When y'all going to get married? Well, you know what? We're in the process of getting to know each other and become friends before we do that. So I definitely agree with that. All right. Shanti, teach more about friendship than marriage because everybody's not married. Yes, you need to be friends before you even start dating. I mean, that shouldn't be the reason because everyone isn't married. But it's because you end up getting married and then you realize you don't even like the person. Because you were never their friend. And you could be there for, I had someone say to me, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually talking to an ex the other day and I said something. And they said, oh, well, that's why I'm your ex. Or something I said right I said because you suck as my boyfriend I said but you're pretty alright as my friend and <laughs> I know to a lot of people it sounds it sounds crazy but I'm gonna be honest I ain't realized that with all of them until after which is cockeyed because I didn't being a friend was not my priority being a girlfriend was so it wasn't until the relationship was really on the rocks that I started making the the distinction that oh no they horrible here but on this side they alright if you do that in the beginning then half the time y'all probably wouldn't be in a relationship at all to even lead up to marriage so I mean that's true that they should, they should be teaching friendships a lot but not because a lot of people are married because a lot of people are married all righty, all righty. I got a list of things here. So you want to stay in the parameters, please, because uh, you might be walking all over the other stuff. To make up, they're saying that they need to teach friendship more than marriage because everybody's not married. Oh, my gosh, that is <clears throat> so very true. You know, I, I think of my livelihood, you know, even my childhood before I could even, you know, before, now that I think about it, before I was even dating, you know, they, oh, marriage, 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 you know, and for some people, because that's what you accomplished, that was the only thing they ever spoke about, you know, they didn't speak about my education, they didn't speak about, you know, making it from day to day. It was just marriage, 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 you know, and at one point it was just so annoying. And so it was like, you know, people, I think I was, what, 14? When are you getting married? Wait a minute, you know, and before I could even breathe well, you were just kind of pushing me to the aisle as opposed to just getting to know people, you know, and, and what was so frustrating for me, you're pushing me and saying, oh, get married, get married, get married. And I'm looking at your relationship 
And it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so mm-hmm. at that time, I would look at it and I'm like, oh, you to asking me to get married. And I'm like, I don't want to be like you. So I waited, <laughs> you know. And honestly, it was it was definitely to my blessing because had I done what they wanted me to do when they wanted, it, wanted me to do it, it wouldn't have been a good thing for me. Mm, all right. Shantika always says that. She always says the ones who are uh, pushing it, they're the worst examples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Here's one that I found really, really interesting. They say that church should teach friendship more than marriage because they say that the church teachings on marriage can use some work. Brother I, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that last part. You said the church said what about that? I'm sorry. Okay, so they're saying that church should teach more about friendship than marriage because church teaching on marriage can use some work. Um. Oh yeah, I, I I believe that. Yeah, I think I think they I think uh, yeah I think they hit that I think they hit that pretty good on that one. You know, because a lot of times when we're when you're in church, that's one of the things. Um, if, if somebody's dating, it's like it's it's like okay, you're not supposed to be dating. You with somebody, you should be married. And it's like it's pushed so hard, and nobody gets to know any know like I said, know each other or whatever. Just Okay, we're in the church, we're dating. Oh, no, that ain't cool. Y'all should be married. And people run and do it, then they go to problem. All right, all right. And that's very true, Brother Al, by the way. Very true. Oh, Shanti. They say church teachings on marriage can really use some work. So they need to stick to teaching about friendship. Absolutely, because while they're teaching about marriage, they're never teaching about friendship. That gets overlooked because it's all about marrying for the image. So as Brother Al said, it's, oh, you like her, she like you. Then when we set in this date, there's no speak (laughs) of any preparation for it. It is. It's just like, well, they just said that they just saw each other in the opposite pew. Like, what do you mean, when's the date? There's no talk of preparation. There's no talk of, well, what do you like about this person? There's no talk of any of that. It's just, this is the agenda being pushed because this is what the image of the church is. Mm, Wow. Ah, Tamika. They're saying church, the church could use some work on teaching about marriage. Would you agree? Oh, boy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, and, you know, some good reinforcements, and I'm not saying that every church has, but a lot of times the examples that we see um, causes um, us to either do one of things, either replicate what we see, or run like a crazy person in the opposite direction. You know, um, you're trying to show me this and tell me that, but I'm looking at, you know, it's, you know, it's one thing like when you're teaching a child, you can say, 
you know, um, don't do this and little Johnny, don't do that. But I'm, but little Johnny's watching you and seeing this and seeing that, which is completely opposite of what you just told me not to do, you know? And so, um, not just verbalizing, but showing what it's like, you know, and, you know, a lot of advice that is given a lot of times is, you know, twisted, you know, especially if I'm looking at, if you're saying to me, this, 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 and this is the rule and this is the guideline, then show me as well. Okay. All righty, all righty, all righty. Oh, Pastor Charlene, they're saying the church needs to stick to teaching about friendship because the marriage teaching needs a whole lot of work. What say you? Absolutely. A lot of people who are married are not even friends. Um, They just got married for different reasons, right? And so now they are in this position where when the times get hard, they're not friends because friends are able to sit down and have conversation, right? Communication is a big part. Um, A lot of times people don't know that. People don't want to be friends. They hate each other. They try to kill each other, as we can see. Um, And so with that, if they're not taught how to be friends, how to listen, how to express yourself and all of these other things, it will destroy the marriage. And then sometimes the marriage turns into death. So I think of that movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They tried to kill each other. But because (laughs) they were married, they stayed together. You know, so it's more than that, especially when the times get hard. So that's where that counseling part comes in of being able to give people the tools and to help them to express themselves and to remain friends. All righty. All righty. I have this one, and I thought this was interesting too. And we're going to, this is going to wrap this up here. They're saying that the church should teach more about friendship than marriage because friendship improves your church experience. Shantise. Absolutely. Because it, when you're married and things start going haywire, you're supposed to be able to rely on the church to assist when they're supposed to humbly assist with, you know, you and your spouse smoothing things out. If you are not friends with people in the church, who's assisting y'all? If y'all all stuck up and snobbish and, you know, things are going, then when things go crazy, how can you now turn to your brethren for advice or to help to talk you off the ledge? or to prevent you from popping them tires or nothing. You can't go to nobody because you're not friends with anyone else in the church. I agree. All righty, all righty. Uh, Tamika, friendship improves church experience, so the church should really focus on teaching more about friendship than marriage. Agree? Correct. You know, what I find is, you know, really funny is, <clears throat> and um, Brother Al and I was ta- were, were talking about this recently, whereas when, okay, so most churches are filled with a lot of women and few men. And what ends up happening ultimately when you're looking for marriage 
is you're trying to find something that's in the church, you know. So there's all kinds of stuff, you know, that goes around, you know, you know, one gentleman dating two and three women because they're so hungry looking for, you know, a, 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 a man to marry, you know, as opposed to just looking around and being friendship and, you know, asking questions, you know, about uh, from a gentleman about, you know, this life, you know, as you're going out. Why, why specifically do you target the, the, the church in marriage minded? You know, get, get colleagues, get to know people, you know, start talking about situations, you know, so that you can grow, you know, and those are the areas that you, you need to grow. You need, you know, um, godly friends, godly wisdom, God, godly advice to help you along the way. But if you're just marriage, 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 you know, it could cause some real major issues. Ah, all you ladies and gentlemen is on there on the right track. Pastor Charlotte, they say friendship improves your church experience. That's why they need to be talking more about friends than marriage. Absolutely. First, you should want to have a, a friendship with Jesus. Ha, let's start there. Then you want to, if you want to have friends, you got to first show yourself friendly. And a lot of times that I find that mm-hmm. people come in because they have been hurt by their friends, that they don't have that trust. And where that they have to be able to love upon each other, meaning to take time with each other, to embrace one another, to care for one another. And that's how you show as being having a friendship. Right, because it starts somewhere, and it starts with how are you, what is your name, you know, the basics, and then it goes from that of spending time with each other, and then it goes from that where that now we can go and have lunch, and then it goes into a relationship where that is built, and that's the same thing that how we present when you come to Christ, right? We have a relationship, knowing who he is, being able to spend time with him, being able to have a better understanding and being able to take him everywhere that you go, right? So it's the same thing as building a friendship. So then if you start right there, and I think that they should, they should teach more about friends. And if you teach more about friends, everybody won't jump in the sack with each other. Ah, that was good. That was good right there, right? and run into the altar because I don't really like you just because I don't want to go to hell, as they say. So if I sleep with you and you're my husband, <laughs> right? That's a lot of that yep. goes on as well. Yep, yep. It goes back to Christ. I'm having every friendship yep. with Christ so where that you can show yourself friendly because we all have scars from our past you know, or even in the mix of situations, right? And it takes a way of trusting, and friendship is trusting someone as well. All right, all right. And Brother Al, what are we talking about? Friendship, they say. Friendship improves your church experience. Would you agree? First, I'd like to say I see how Pastor Shaolin gave herself a tap on the back right there for that comment. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes! She was like, I was like, well, go ahead, go ahead. You, you pat herself on the back on that one. <laughs> yes, yes, I was going to go, but I pat myself. Encourage oh, that was funny. <laughs> yes, Brother Al. Yes, um, Brother Al. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm listening, and I was I would agree with that to a certain degree. 
And the reason I say that is because for men it's a little different because there's so many women in the church. You know, just like, for instance, at, at my church, it may be about five or six men, and the rest is just women. So, you know, um, some women are attracted to you, you know, and so as how could you be a friend or, or, you know, you want to try, but then there's certain things said, there's certain things that's being done, and it's like, wow, you know, I need to back up off that because I see this maybe trying to go another way. For me, my friend, and, and I think you should be friendly in the church and, and get to know people, but again, like I said, for a man, it's a little bit harder because you have these women who are going through things and who, you know, like, they try to live right. And then it's like, but I need a husband so I can do these things or whatever, instead of, like Pastor Sean said, doing it without being married and going to hell. So for me, my friend is in the church is looking at the married couples and the married couple who's been married for 20 or 30 years, watching how they act or how they move. And those are people who I would go to first if I have an issue. And but how do you deal with this? You know, y'all been married for 30 years. How, how What did y'all do to keep this going? So, yeah, that's how I feel on that. All right. Well, thank you so much, my due time crew. Uh, thank you for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you all have a blessed day. Job well done. Oh, yeah. Blessings you too. Bless y'all. Mm-hmm. All right now. All right now. Okay. Well, it is Thursday, the top of the hour. You know, I always say that. Top of the hour, we're kind of winding down. And we have our version today or our segment, Pray for Them. What you got, Shanti? Okay, so this week we are praying for Wade Robson. A lot of people know him. We may not realize that you know him, but he's a 40-year-old. Now he's 40 years old. He hasn't always been 40 years old. But he's a 40-year-old Australian dancer and popular, famous, world-down choreographer. He's worked with many celebrities with their music videos and their world tours, celebrities such as NSYNC and Britney Spears and so on and so forth. Um, He did have a show on MTV for a while called The Wade Robson Project where it was, um, I think it was almost kind of like a dance competition type of thing. And for those who saw You Got Served, he was the judge along with Lil' Kim at, towards the end. They had that huge competition at the end. They were doing all that money. The prize was to win the money and it'd be a Lil' Kim video. Yeah, that's way Robson. So apparently he now has a lawsuit against MJJ Productions Inc. and MJJ Ventures Inc., which is Michael Jackson's production companies. He originally filed a lawsuit back in May of 2013, but it was thrown out due to the statute of limitations. Now, this lawsuit against the production company is because he is holding them responsible for what happened between him and Michael Jackson years ago and unfortunately that thing that is being mentioned is the whole sexual abuse situation everyone knows of the huge hoopla of Michael Jackson for years going back and forth to court um, because there were so many allegations very similar to what we witnessed with 
um, R. Kelly. The difference in this was, as we all know, it had a lot to do with young kids, primarily young boys. So apparently, Wade Robson met Michael Jackson back when he was five years old. He won a dance contest. Um, that the production company put on and the prize was to meet Michael Jackson and he then performed with him I think it says that night or something like that so allegedly the sexual abuse started when Wade Robson was about 7 and ended when he was about 14 years old and these acts took place when him and his family was invited to stay at the infamous Neverland Ranch for a weekend and the, according to the lawsuit, the sexual acts included things like oral sex and attempted anal rape. So, allegedly, it's not only Wade Robinson, it's also another gentleman who was heavily sexually assaulted by Michael, by Michael Jackson. He was about, was it like eight or nine, something like that. But apparently, this production company is getting hit hard because they have been said to not only know about what Michael Jackson was doing, but in some way directly facilitate Michael Jackson being able to do these things to these young men. They witnessed it, and the staff includes security and whomever else that have, was a part of the production company. Um, so part of the lawsuit reads, quote, the thinly veiled covered second purpose of the production company was to operate as a child sexual abuse operation specifically designed to locate, attract, lure, and seduce child sexual abuse victims. Okay, so back in 2005, actually, when I think this was right after, no, this was during one of Michael Jackson's court cases, Wade Robson actually testified that he did sleep in Michael Jackson's bed multiple times, but was never molested, nothing ever happened. And back in 2005, Wade Robson was about 23 years old. But then in 2013, now this is after Michael Jackson has passed away, he then filed a lawsuit against Michael Jackson's estate, stating that he was actually assaulted sexually by Michael Jackson between the ages of 7 and 14 during his trips from the U.S. I'm sorry from Australia to the U.S. and after he officially moved to the U.S. from Australia, which that was also facilitated by this MJ Productions, Inc. And he stated that his denial was due to him being heavily brainwashed and manipulated by Michael Jackson. And he didn't decide to change his story until he became a father himself and started experiencing nervous breakdowns. And I believe we should pray for him because it is, once I saw this, immediately I was like, no way, this man has been dead. How are you suing him? Then I started reading into it. And, you know, it's unfortunately you kind of put a bullseye on you because you did, in fact, lie as an adult. You know, that's why I had to make sure I did the math last night. You know, I'm going to soak the numbers. I was okay, so if you were five then, that means by the time 2005 hit, you were 23 years old. Now, for those who have suffered sexual abuse in any way, a lot of them have experienced the fact of being either very fearful or brainwashed, 
you know, so on and so forth. But my question now is how serious do you expect everyone to take you now that you have officially lied and now you're coming back and saying the opposite? So definitely praying for his state of mind. He said he's experienced a lot of nervous breakdown, which means that more than likely whatever went down between him and Michael Jackson is still very potent in his mind. Praying for him as a father because, you know, praying that this is not affecting how he is fathering and parenting his children. Is he extra paranoid? Is he not, you know, on top of his kids enough? Because from what I also read last night was a lot of these parents were, I don't want to say tricked, but they were talked into being separated from their children. And while Michael Jackson was doing whatever he was allegedly doing to these kids, the production company set it up to where a lot of these parents were able to go on shopping sprees and wine tastings and all that to kind of divert their attention from not being with their children. So praying that he does not become extra. And it's like, can you really be extra these days with everything that's going on with your kids? You know, just praying that he has that healthy balance with his children. Um, you know, praying for his integrity, you know, because you did give two different stories now. So, however, because the sexual limitations, something was passed, some bill was passed that now, regardless of this happened years, happening years ago, he's actually able to bring this to trial. Definitely praying for this production company because, again, like we saw with this R. Kelly situation, we do understand that a lot the team did play a heavy part in facilitating a lot of these acts that these celebrities are able to do. So also praying for their integrity and praying that when it comes to it, if anyone needs to own up to anything, that they will. Praying, of course, for the legal staff, that no one tries to do anything to slither someone out who needs to be held accountable. And I forgot the other gentleman's name that's also filing this lawsuit against, um, along with Wade Robson. But, you know, we see these celebrities all the time, and Wade Robson did become very, very successful. He actually dated one of Michael Jackson's nieces, which was really crazy. But, you know, we see them successful, and we have no idea of the things that they've experienced, whether light, whether very traumatic. So really praying for his state of mind and praying that he's able to get through this. You know, God knows what really happened. God knows the intensity of it. But praying that everyone is integral, that God handpicks the proper judge, so on and so forth. This is, this is going to be digging up a lot, you know, and just praying that this goes the way God needs it to go. All right. Thank you so much, Shantice. Um, let's go before the Lord, and then I'll chat with you. Hmm. Heavenly Father God, we, we thank you for the ability to even come before you today. Thank you for waking us up this morning, getting us started, allowing us to just breathe, giving us the breath of life today. Right now, dear Heavenly Father, we are holding hands, holding hearts for Wade Robson. Lord, for those of us who know him, we know how talented and gifted he is. For those of us who don't, can only imagine what we're talking about when we actually look at uh, his performance and uh, his teaching uh, skills. And Lord, you know, a lot of times this stuff is is masking the trauma that we have gone through. 
And we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, first to just provide him a level of peace. If he's been, if he experiences from back when he was five years old and he is now 40, just the, the years and the decades that's gone by that he is still facing these demons, Lord, we ask you to just give him comfort and rest. And Lord, we ask you that if this is all true and he's bringing it uh, to the surface, God, that there would be some attention paid to his allegations. Um, As Shanti said, you know, at one point he had an opportunity to speak up. And for whatever the reason is, he told a a completely different story. And only you know why. Only you know why. We can speculate. We can assume. But only you know what he's even been going through, if this is actually true. And he did lie um, so many years ago. And, Lord, we're asking you to be with his family as they must be just really bearing a lot of the burden of what he's going through. He said that he's changed his mind as he's become a father. And we do know that when you become a parent, uh, most times it does change your perspective on things. Mm -hmm. So we're asking that through it all, he can still be a decent father. But God, we know that unless we give our lives to you, there will Amen. never be that that we who know you understand because this world is not going to give you peace. And he can sue and get a trillion dollars. But if he doesn't know you, that peace is, is just not equivalent. His family will not get peace if they don't get to know you. For those who, who possibly associated themselves with this situation and helped this entire uh, uh, situation go on, they will never find the peace unless they find you. So, Lord, we're Mm -hmm. asking you to tell everybody who's involved, whether they were a part of the allegation or if they were just victims of, of what has ultimately happened. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to turn this entire thing around. If all of this is true, we're asking you to see that everything is done according to the way it needs to be handled. That his life would not be a mess because he has not found you and because he's gone through this situation. So we ask the Heavenly Father that you help him reconcile his life to you. And maybe all of these years that it hasn't been addressed, you've allowed that vice can drive him to you, that that vice that's closing in on him, that it can make him focus on you now. We think Mm -hmm. we can live our lives too. We think that the world can go on as normal, quote, unquote, without you. But we who have gotten to know you know that there is no living without you. So, Lord, we're asking you to just, again, help him with his relationships with women. We ask you to help him with his relationship 
with his children. We ask you to work with his relation, work on his relationship with his coworkers and the people that he is uh, helping to choreograph, and that he does not become a perpetrator himself. Amen. The heavenly Father, that you just cover his life and everyone around him, and that he would fall on his knees and surrender to you, so that you can help at the pit of this situation. Just get to the nucleus of the situation because, again, a court proceeding, regardless of how this turns out, unless his life is hidden in you, he will not find the satisfaction that he's looking for. We thank you for Mm -hmm. this ability to give this situation to you and help him from afar. That we ache with him, God. Whether he's telling the truth or not, we ache with him because there's a problem either way. But that we mm-hmm. know that we can do for when's coming to our help. We thank you for this opportunity yet again. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Sean. Mm-hmm. All right. We you pray are. you have a blessed day. Thank you, too. Thank you. You know, for many years, we've heard for many, 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 many years, we've heard this entire Michael Jackson thing. Well, before the Bill Cosby, well, before the R. Kelly, the Harvey Weinstein, all this this whole thing about Michael was going on, these allegations were going on, and, you know, we, Macaulay Culkin, you know, was one of the other known and named individuals that was around Webster. Um, Emmanuel Lewis um, was one who we got to know um, that we remember seeing him with and now Wade Robson and you know like Shanti said one of the things that makes what you say questionable is at the age of 23 you know when you said that nothing happened where you paid off were there other things that you were offered um, that made you, you know, tell that particular story? And to think that now, after all these years, from five, he said, you know, or from seven, rather, when the when this supposedly um, started to the age of 14, that's a long time. From 7 to 14 is a long time to experience this uh, treatment and nothing was said back then or nothing was said to the right people. You wonder, you know, if the parents knew, if they didn't know. And again, as an adult at 23, you say, no, it didn't happen. And now that you become a father, You know, now this is all hitting you. And you realize that, you know, I have to tell the story, you know, for whatever the reason is. You know, when, again, like I said in the prayer, you know, when you become a parent, it definitely changes the way you look at things. And we don't brush things under the, we don't see things under the carpet the same. And we don't uh, excuse things as much anymore. you know, if this is all true, Michael Jackson's in the ground right now. 
He can't say yay, he can't say yay. Back in 13, Michael Jackson was gone back then. Um, I believe Michael Jackson passed away in 2009, um, if I can remember correctly. Um, but even back then, when he said no, it didn't happen, blah, 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 he was gone then. But one thing we do know is regardless of whether he's here to face it now, he's going to have to, to really, you know, God knows. He has to answer to God for whatever may have happened. And, you know, back then the rules weren't as strict as they are now when they went after Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly and, you know, everybody loved Michael. You know, nobody could think of, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, doing any of this stuff. You know, not Michael. And it was just a whole lot of people. It was this, this, you know, you heard about this being paid off and, you know, this family was paid and this family was given gifts and so forth and so on. And you saw his life crumble, actually. All around him, this Neverland was, wasn't in his possession any longer. All the money that was spent, all the lives that it changed, and, you know, children who it gave joy to. And in, in the background, all of this other stuff could have been going on. And we have to think about things now in our own life. Is this us in our own world? You know, do we excuse things? Have we pushed things on the side and it's still rendering some level of trauma in our life? Um, Are you excusing things for the wrong reason? You know, we talked about the church and its responsibility to teach friendship more than marriage. And believe it or not, I see the correlation here. What should we be doing as a church? Are we equipping our congregants for this world, for life? Are we? Are we teaching them about friendship? Because friendship is the nucleus of marriage. You know, as the do Tom Cruise said that a lot of relationships are just trash. Marriages are trash. You know, everything gets pushed to the side, you know, the image of the church or, or, or being a Christian. You know, there's, like you've heard me say before, there are certain things that are even biblical that I don't say a lot of times, except in my closed ministry. Because, see, in my closed ministry, I can expound on this marry instead of burn. I can't keep spewing that out to a world who will find an excuse to just run to the altar or who will hide and find themselves at the altar I I can't. There are certain scriptures I do not talk about openly because I don't have the opportunity to really break this thing down. And Brother Al mentioned it 
Um, and I think Pastor Charlene mentioned it, you know, this morning. And I just don't teach. I just don't preach. Mar- it's better to marry than to burn. I, I can't. Because this world cannot comprehend God's word the way they are supposed to. And the word and the word of God tells us that. That the world does not understand the things of God. And the things of God says it's better to marry instead of burn. So you can't give that to the average ear and just keep spewing that. That's, that, that's all you keep saying. Because that that's what they'll use to couple up with people and partner up with people that they have no business with. Because, you know, it's, 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 I, I don't want to go to hell. Because, trust me, you marrying instead of having or living a life of fornication, you still could end up going to hell. And if we don't have that time to expound on it and explain to people, you still drive people to hell. You might be the reason why they end up in hell. Because of the way we're teaching them. Because of the way we're just spewing out the things of God, of God, without taking the time to explain it. Because these things need to be explained. We have a responsibility to the world. And if we cannot break it down and explain it properly, sometimes it's better to keep your mouth off of it. Because if they run into this marriage, and this marriage is not only destroying the two of their lives, but any children that they bring into this world, they're going to have to answer to God. And Pastor Charlene brought up in her faith over fear yesterday, you know, about the people who just haven't been taught. Well, it's very true. However, you still have to answer to God. Because the things that we brush off... um you other people take seriously and we cannot just say this without giving people a full understanding of their responsibility for another person's life we have to be able to take that time and that that this is a real touchy touchy situation here and we have to make sure we we, we give our people, God's people, a thorough explanation, a thorough understanding, a thorough teaching. And it's the same thing we have to think about with Ray Robson. He has to teach his son a, a, a certain way of living. And if he's still living a lie, he cannot give his son a proper lifestyle. Let's get on God's true side and do God's proper work. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to make uh, make sure you keep your eyes focused on things of the Lord, not things on the earth, because they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my D-Time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, because later, I promise to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Freestyle Friday, God spare our life.
Until then, I love you. Thank you.